All right. So um, if we're talking about the uncomfortable, that made you uncomfortable. I'll repent now. I'm sorry. You can take it up with God. <laughs> but when, we, when learn, learning and growth happens at the edge of uncomfortable. So I'm going to talk about the gym. I went to the gym lots of times. You know, there was years I, I thought, you know, when I was young, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do all this stuff. And, and there's seasons I've went to the gym, seasons I not went to the gym. But there, I was always looking at, um, I don't know if you can remember, I think it was the 50s or 60s. They had this machine. And you, like, turned around, and it was like, and you did nothing. You're, like, reading your book, and it's just shaking you. And I'm like, is that really going to do anything except give you a headache? They found that that doesn't work. You know what I mean? Um, because it, you're not doing anything. You're just comfortable. Re- if you can work out at the gym, I would see people go and they're reading books. I'm like, how slow you got to walk on a treadmill to read a book? I can barely walk on a treadmill when I'm paying attention. That's why they have the emergency buttons. I am one of those people that always hooked it to me. <laughs> so, but with... If you see people, you're just leisurely walking, you know, they got the weights. There's no weight on there. They're just lifting the, the, the um, machine. Uh, it's okay. If that's what you're going to do, that's fine. But it's not really going to build any muscle. Do you guys actually know how muscle is built? When, you're, when it gets uncomfortable, it actually tears and builds. and actually tears apart and builds bigger. How many of you guys think muscle tearing might be a little uncomfortable? Yeah, it's like little, and so it takes something. We have to do something. If you want to have that muscle and be built up, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. It's not going to feel like just a leisurely walk, is it? It's going to feel uncomfortable. So could you shut those windows for me? Thanks. Um, so it's going to feel a little uncomfortable. There's going to be a strain. It takes something. Your body's feeling it. You're sweating, all of those type of things. Uh, so I'm going to talk about now... You know this person, so I'm not going to say the name. But So there was a group of us that we thought, we all worked together, and we thought, we're going to have like a workout club. Worst plan ever. Um, so like we thought, and not even a workout club. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the workout insanity. No, have you guys? Yeah. It is not for normal people. Okay, so we're like, we're going to do this three times a week after work, and it's going to be so good. So we get the first day. It is hard. And we're like, you know, we're in a little room, so like, you know, there's like a first row, second row of people, and, and a little third row, and, and we're working out. And like, we're five minutes in, and I'm dying. And everyone around, we're all dying. And I'm like, man, this is so hard. I turn around, and I'm not going to say her name. She's sitting on the ground. She's like, you know, I'm just going to be a cheerleader. Good job, guys. I'm not doing this. I said, this ain't working out for you. She's like, yeah. She's like, I'm going to come for support. I know I'm not going to stick with this. But I thought about that. I'm like, well, nothing's going to change by sitting down watching us. I mean, you can make us feel better, but nothing's going to change. So, um, I mean, it was still fun. But I think about that situation. It's like we want to get in shape. We want to do that. We want to be healthy. But watching people get healthy is not going to get you healthy, is it? Watching people go to work, you're not going to get a paycheck. It's a little uncomfortable. I don't want to get up at six in the morning. Well, do you want a paycheck? That's the time you get up, right? So a little bit of uncomfort, 
we see growth, we see learning, we see blessing in them. So we were created to thrive outside our comfort zone, not inside our comfort zone. We were, we were created to thrive outside our comfort zone, outside of our ability, outside of our wisdom that we have, outside of our own provision. You know, that's just enough. But when we go outside of that comfort zone, we're now in God's ability. How many of you guys think God's ability is just a little bit more than our ability? <laughs> just, just a tad, just a smidge. Yeah, so we know God's got a touch more ability than us. But we try to do everything in our ability, don't we? I want to keep it in my little thing. I want to control it all. I want to make sure that I don't feel uncomfortable. You know, I mean, think about the things we have in our house. We make sure we have you know, the biggest TV, the, the softest couch. I mean, have you seen prices of beds? People are like, I will pay astronomical prices to be comfortable. You know what I mean? And no, I'm not saying none of those things are bad. If you're like, oh, I just bought a bed, she knew that. <laughs> Good, buy a bed. Thank the Lord that you have provision to do that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is in our comfortable spaces, how much work are you going to get done laying in bed? How much work are you going to get done just lounging in front of the TV? Those aren't really <laughs> lounging in front of you. <laughs> I'm my workload to you. But we don't. What do we do? We pick up our phone. We scroll. We play video games. We watch TV. If, you know, you're like me, five minutes into a movie, you, you're sleeping, right? You're like, can you turn on a movie so I can take a nap? It's <laughs> kind of how it goes. I always wondered that why that happened to my mom when I was little, and now I realize as you age... TV makes you fall asleep. <laughs> so those things are comfortable, but you're not really being productive. You're not learning anything. You're really not growing, any of those type of things. So advancement in the kingdom happens when we get a little bit uncomfortable. Just a little bit uncomfortable it starts. Think of Noah. Think of Moses. Think of Gideon, Jeremiah, Ruth, Esther. All of them had to live some pretty uncomfortable moments. God didn't say, you know what? You're my favorite people. You know what? Everything is going to be smooth sailing from here on out. They faced impossible obstacles, you know, with that human ability. But God still called them. God still spoke to them. God still asked them to do things, impossible things. Hey, Noah, uh, why didn't you build a boat? I don't know about you guys, but Noah was a drunk. I'm probably going to not ask a drunk guy to measure a lot of things. <laughs> Here, make this boat you never heard before, and rain's coming. What's rain? Okay. You know that I'm just like the laughing stock, and now you want me to build this giant boat, and then I'm supposed to, like, gather some animals? I mean, if anybody's trying... Okay, here's something that happened last night. I tried to get my cat inside. One cat! And God's like, every animal, just, you know, this many of each, you're good. You're good. Noah's probably like, uh, I usually don't even get off my mat, mostly just chilling. Like, are you sure that you're talking? Is there someone standing behind me? But no, Noah's like, all right, okay, how long is this going to take? A really long time, so you've got to have some commitment. You know, you're going to be mocked constantly. You're going to be mistreated all the time. And nobody knows what rain is because we've never had it. So as you say that, you're going to sound crazy. And not for just, you know, a couple days. We're talking years. Okay? Got it? And Noah said yes. He's like, okay, I've lived a comfortable life. 
I got to step out and do what God's asked me to do. What about Moses? You know, Moses could have done a lot of things. You know, he was raised in privilege. One thing he was not good at was public speaking. He had a stutter. What did God ask him to do? I want you to go in front of an entire nation and tell him, let him go. Yeah? Uh, you know. He did not have the ability to public speak. He's kind of coward. Ran away. But then God showed up and he said, okay, it's not my ability anymore. If you've asked me, I guess I can do it. Gideon did not look like a mighty warrior when he's hiding in the bottom of a wine press. I don't see a lot of warriors sitting at the bottom of the high press going, don't choose me, don't choose me, right? We see those, like, like the movie 300, and they're just like, oh, warriors are charging, right? They don't care what's after them. They're out front. They ain't hiding in the kitchen, you know, in the wine press, in the barrels. He didn't seem like a leader at that moment. What would happen if they chose to stay in their comfort zone? Would mankind even be here? If, he didn't, if Moses didn't build the ark? Who would have led the Israelites into freedom? Who would have led them in victory in the battle without Gideon saying yes to God? Okay, this is, my family's told me I'm the least of the least, I'm the youngest, and the, all of this but God, I know what your word says, and if you say it, I can do it. Then we get to David. David was smart. He, he did a lot of dumb things, a lot of dumb things. But what David knew, he cracked the code and realized, i got to stay out of my comfort zone. And I'm going to read in 1 Samuel. And this is about David and Goliath. So he's just a young guy here. It says, So the Philistine, talking about Goliath, came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. So the warrior went before him. And when the Philistines looked and saw David, he disdained him. For he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistines said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? Do you guys understand why he said you come at me with sticks? He was basically alluding to his job. You are just a shepherd. You just have a staff, this stick. You are no warrior. Why are you here? See, we just think he's saying sticks. He's talking about trying to get to David's identity as a shepherd. You are not, you are not a warrior. You know, I have my shield. I have my sword. Why are you coming up on me? So he's taunting him. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me. I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field best part is, and you said, then David, mm, then David said to the Philistine, you come at me with swords and spears and with a javelin. So you got a giant and he's got all these weapons. But I come at you, I come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defied. The day of the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give your carcasses 
of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God of Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword or the spear. Do you guys understand that? The, the Lord does not save with the sword or the spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran um, towards the army to meet the Philistines. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistines in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistines with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. We think we have to fight a battle with swords and javelins and all these things. And God's like, did I say that? Your words, that's what's going to prevail. Just pick up these stones, David. You're good. Gotcha. I asked you to do it. You know, and, and I'm talking like, you know, like Nick. He was probably like your age when he came and did this. He was a young kid. Good looking. You know what I mean? You know, so, the, so what Goliath was saying to him was like, you don't know anything. You've had an easy life. You know, we think pretty people have an easy life, right? Because they can get things with their pretty face. And so basically, Goliath's like, you're just a shepherd with a pretty face. And David's like, let me introduce you to my father. Let me introduce you to my God, my Lord. You know, fighting Goliath, he was just a kid. You know, and he said, you know, they had to be... It kind of had to be scary. Like, in the natural, that'd be scary. You've never been into battle. You don't have armor. They tried, you know, the king tried to put, Saul tried to put armor on him, and it was like, David's like, God says no. And they're all like, oh, you guys, this is so sad. This kid's dying today. You know, that's how they all felt. They were all sad. They were like, they didn't believe God. They're sitting in their tents comfortable at the edge, like, let's nobody cross this as long as we don't move. Nothing will change. I mean, we won't take the land, but at least we'll have our lives. We'll just sit here in our tents, turn on our TV, watch our movies. <laughs> Maybe that not, that last part didn't happen. But, um, you know, he wasn't a seasoned warrior. You know, and he was going against this giant. David, but David thrived outside of his comfort zone. Soon as he stepped outside of his comfort zone, of his ability, the job that he had in the natural... And he said, the God I serve has all ability. As soon as he stepped out of that comfort zone and did not permit his age, what others said about him, his inexperience as a warrior, you know, he didn't let anything keep him from occupying the praise of the Lord. Did you realize that David was praising the Lord as he was speaking? He really wasn't speaking as much to Goliath as he was professing praise to the Lord. He's like, let me tell you who God is. When we praise, that's what we're saying. We're glorifying God. He's saying no weapon formed against me can prosper because the God of Israel is on my side. He was praising. That's why he spoke first. It didn't say that David threw the rock first, did it? First he told him the God he served. He praised. He opened his mouth and he said, you know what? Whatever we speak, And that's exactly what happened. He didn't let anything else occupy his praise. We let other things occupy our praise, and then we're like, 
Oh my gosh. Quit letting other things occupy our praise. I'm going to slap you with the word of God because you know what? Most of the time is because we're deciding to praise our problem, to praise our situation, to praise these things, and we talk about it, it sounds a lot like complaint and fear and anxiety. And what you're doing is, if you're not praising God, you're praising the enemy. There's no in-between. If you're not praising God, you're praising the enemy. And when, that, when we actually think that, it's like, well, I don't want to be praising the enemy. Good, now you have an understanding of what to do. And it makes me mad because, you know what, so many times we give so much to the enemy and he just runs around and we're just his playground. And I, for one, am sick of that. I don't want that in my life. He does not get to have authority. I'm, I'm going to call you out, Donis. <laughs> so you can see, Donis is in a sling. And, you know, when I got there, John's like, Donis, I'll get over there. So I'm <laughs> and, you know, she's sitting there. She's like, I'm not even that hurt. I'm just mad. I'm mad at the enemy. He's attacking me and I'm not doing this anymore. And I thought... And there's your praise. And there is your praise that is habiting. Because you're saying, I know what you're doing, and I'm not going to spend time in your courts. I'm spending time in God's courts. Know where your praise is occupying. Oh, I'm getting a little worked up. I don't know where I am. What am I saying? It's good. I'm get, it, it, you know what? My spirit right now is like getting into warrior mode. My shield is coming up. My sword is in my hand. You be, just ate my hair. <laughs> God's always got to make it funny for me. Um, so the enemy wants to keep you comfortable, distracted, intimidated, divided, fearful, anxious, conflicted. That's where he wants you to live. You live there. Who are you serving? Who is controlling you? He's like, hey, I'll give you everything you need so that you know what? You're not going to go out and do anything, kingdom. Just sit in your tents and be like, well, it's good enough. Good enough right here. At least, I, you know, at least I'm alive. Are you? Are you living? Learning, growing, destiny happens at the edge of uncomfortable we need to praise him through anything and everything. That's the difference, anything and everything. Nothing is too big to praise him through. Yes, I'm not saying it won't be sorrow. You know what? There's going to be times that when you're praising, it is sorrowful. It is painful. You're hurting. But God didn't say, well, during those times, you can just not praise me. I understand. He doesn't say that. Because the devil will use anything and everything. He is not going to fight fair. He's not going to wait for you to compose yourself, to get it together, you know, all these things. He's not going to do that. He is not going to extend you grace. He can't. He is not the grace extender. Only God can extend grace, right? You know, he's going to do anything and everything to derail your faith. As soon as we lose sight of who we are and that we were made to worship, the enemy is winning in our life, and we begin to lose ground. If we don't praise God, we will be, always be defeated in the end. Look at areas in your life where you have been defeated and had to rise back up, and you can go through there and you can see, I lost my praise in that moment, in that time, in that season. My focus was on the problem or the situation or this person or trying to control. And all of a sudden, my praise is everywhere else except for on the one who's supposed to have the praise. And then we're like, why is this happening? Because we lost what we were created to do. 
Don't perfit, permit failure to occupy your praise. We're praising our failure. Oh, Lord, I'm just not good enough. I'm just not worthy. I just can't ever get it right. And it makes me mad. It, like, makes me mad when people do that all the time because I'm like, that's disgusting talk. That's worse than profanity because you are lying about who you are because God created you. So saying that stuff, you're actually basically blaspheming the Lord because you're his creation, and he did not say that about you. So if you say that about you, you're putting praise in the wrong camp. You know, we mess up. You lose your courage. You Guess what? You repent. You turn to God. Praise him. Listen to what he says for what's coming next. Don't stay and be like, I messed up. i got to live here the rest of my life. Well, I was bitter for a while, so i got to stay bitter forever. Oh, I just don't have courage, so that's who I'm going to be. I'm just not a courageous person. I'm just mild and meek. Well, so was Gideon. I mean, he made it into the Bible. There's been a lot of people during that time. So if you made it in there, Psalms 22.3 says, they're talking about God. You are, but you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. They're saying, where, if you want God, he is enthroned in praises. If you're not praising, and you're like, where's God? Right there it says, he's enthroned in our praises. He's not enthroned in our bitterness. He's not enthroned in our complaint. He's not, com- here's one, he's not enthroned in our feelings. Might want to write that one down. We all, I mean, I feel, that's great. You can feel however you want, but the truth is the truth, and you're not changing it. You're not changing God's mind. You're not going to control my, God's, you know, choices or what he said in his word because you don't feel like it. Practicing your praise must be a priority to thrive in the kingdom. We cannot permit that failure, fear, anxiety to occupy that place. You know, it's like, oh no, what's going to happen next? I already know what's going to happen next. You know what? I'm going to spend eternity, you know, in heaven with my Lord. That's what's going to happen next. There may be other things that happen in between there, but that is what's going to happen next. The enemy is defeated and he will be crushed. That is what's going to happen next. All those things that happen in between... But I already know what's going to happen next. The Bible does not require you to be happy in order to praise. I just don't feel it today. I'm just, I'm just so tired or I'm sad. I don't remember God asking you that. How are you feeling today? You feel like you feel like um, you're ready to praise today. I don't remember Him asking us. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I, I just feel like God is like, we want to grow, we get a little uncomfortable. Last week was really touch. it felt good, didn't it? God's like, because you're ready to grow. You go from a rest season, you go from a rest season to a growth season. And all those feel good, like, oh, that just felt so good, that just encouraged me. God's like, good, you're going to need it in the growth season. Because guess what? The giants are going to be taunting you now. And you're going to go out by yourself because everyone else is scared. And it's going to be you and God. 
So you better have kept all those words of encouragement because you're going to need them. You better know the word of God because when you go in and you're going and it's just you and God, you better know that, that you are in the majority. Because everyone that says they're with you, they can fall off at any moment, any time, any season. We've had people that are like, we're with you for life. Don't see them the next week. So when people say that, I'm like, okay, well, I'm with God, so as long as you stick with him, we'll be, we'll be all right. Right? Choosing that praise over everything, you know, every feeling, every obstacle, every, every fear. People who thrive usually have killed a giant or two. You see people and they're like, it seems like they're thriving. Even if bad things happen, it seems like they're still going. You know what I mean? Something bad happens, they get up. There's some people in my life and, and I look at them and I say to them, um, and, and I'm just like, how are you doing this? You've lost so much. You've been through so much pain. You've been abused. You've been rejected. You've been neglected. How do you keep going? And everybody who's been through that, that still has joy in their life, I've never had a different answer except Jesus. Never, never have I seen someone go through like that and say, well, it's because, you know, I'm just a really strong person, amazing, um, things like that. No, 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 no. It is because when we praise, it opens the doors with thanksgiving. So people who thrive have usually killed those giants. Those things, that is what is happening. When giants, you know what giants look like? They don't look like Goliath anymore, an actual physical tall man with all these weapons. Giants in your life look like your problems, your bad news, your scary diagnosis, your financial calamity, strife, temptation, addiction, you know, hidden sin. That is your giants. Other people don't even realize you've got giants. You know why? Because they're sitting in their tents, sitting back, relaxing. God didn't say, go get your neighbor to take care of your giant. God said, I gave you everything you need to take care of that giant. Didn't he? Did God leave us, did he leave us in lack in any area? See, we gotta, sometimes we've got to say it, don't we? Sometimes we have to remember that, God, you didn't leave me in any lack. Even when I felt like I was alone, I was at the bottom, I couldn't control it, I couldn't control myself, any of these things, you were still there. You didn't leave me in lack. I just felt like you did. Our feelings are not, guess what? The enemy, he uses our feelings a lot. God says your feelings are supposed to add to your identity, which is your spirit, which is in Christ. But they can also take away because you know what? Our feelings are not our spirit. You can feel like everyone hates you. That's not the truth. Because guess what? God loves you. And even if everybody on the earth didn't, it doesn't matter because not everyone hates you because God does love you. So you would still be wrong. And there is nobody that, you know, sometimes we, I think everybody's felt like, everyone's looking at me, I'm alone. That's because the enemy, he, he whispers that in your ear. 
I think about your wife, Jim, because she said, oh, whispering drives me nuts. She said the misophonia thing, and it made me think, like, the enemy likes to come whisper in our ear, oh, this is who you really are. You're never going to change. You know, you can't do this. Everyone thinks this about you. People are laughing at you. People, you know what? That's when we got to take up our words and say, let me tell you, let me tell you what my God's going to do to you. I love that. You know, they look like all of those things. They, they stop us. Basically, our giants are anything that stop us in our tracks and get us to stay comfortable in our tents, covering our eyes and our ears, going, la, 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 I can't hear you, God. I'm not doing that. It's too hard. It's too hard. I can't do it. I'm so sad. Everyone's going to be against me. I can't. That's what they were doing. And you know what? They couldn't even be nice to David. David's like, you know, I'm going to go out and do this. What did they do? Made fun of him. I'm like, this guy's willing to go up, even if he loses his life, he's willing to do what you are actually employed to do. And you ain't doing your job. I'd probably think, you know, I feel like I'd be like, thanks so much. You know, I'm in the business of headstones. What do you want yours to say? Maybe I (laughs) But do you know what I mean? They're just sitting there comfortable. But you know, they didn't, get any pro- take, they didn't get to take any of the land. And you know what? Jesus' line came through who? David. Not any of them. They're not mentioned. They Guess what? They made their decision. They said, God, you are not big enough. You cannot do this. You are not with us. And you know what? We don't serve you. We serve self. That's what they were saying. And David said, I don't know about all y'all, but I'm going in this camp because this is the winning camp. And he did, and he won. He became king, and his line, Jesus came through his line, right? When people do the 23 and me, David could have been like, yeah, that's my, that, that's my grand, 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 grandson. You know, he came through my line. But the word says don't boast, so. But when we lose focus on our praise and we focus on what's in front of us at the moment, then the enemy, it's very easy for him to have control of our mouth, our feelings, our thoughts. You know, if you're really angry and at that moment the word of God comes into your mind and says, you know, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Because that, that was in your head. If you're worrying and having anxiety and you filled up on all the junk of the enemy, you're going to be fearful. But if the word of God is the first thing, you say, why am I worrying? God, you know what? God protects the birds of the air, gives them a place to sleep, provides for them. I'm so much more important than that. Why am I worried about this? Has God ever let me down? Do you see, if that's full in you, that comes out. If other stuff is coming out, that's because it's not full. Because you're allowing to put praise on your problem. You're allowing to talk about, oh, it's just never going to happen. I'm just so scared. It's not, you don't understand. Oh, my feelings. It's like, quit praising the enemy. That's what you're doing when you're saying that. 
say, you know what? I don't care. I feel like this, but I'm going to tell you. I feel like this, but you know what? God created me. I'm amazing. I can change. I can do this. You know what? God created me to go into places that look impossible. God showed me how to clean up my messes. When I make a mess, I actually go back and I clean it up. I apologize. I repent. I turn from and I go the other way. God didn't say, well, you already messed it up. Praise the, you, you were in the wrong camp one time. We're over. Do you guys understand? God never does that. How many times have we seen God do that in like, okay, you know, you have Adam and Eve. There's a big one. All mankind, rest on your shoulder. One thing don't do, we'll do it. <laughs> Moses, build this, you know. Uh, I don't know. Okay, well, his is the only family that makes it. And God's like, everybody's wicked, but still invite them. And then guess what they did? They're like, you're, no, 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 no. We're not, you're crazy. We're not doing this. They all drown, no one his family, you know. And then you have Moses, and they're like, they're like, yay, you know, look, it parted the sea. Oh, no, let's go back. We're scared now. Uh, is anyone else getting mad about seeing how the enemy has been allowed in our life, and we let him? I just want to be like, knock it off. Get under my foot. Come on, that's right. Donna says with me because she's like, mm-mm, no more. I'm getting mad about it getting hot and sweaty. I'm like a televangelist up here. <laughs> Stick my hair back. My hair doesn't do that. It's a joke. They are preaching the gospel too. Whew, I need a break. Here's the thing. Don't stay there. If you find yourself amongst the enemy's camp, be like, oh no, I'm in the enemy's camp. Turn around and get back in. Praise. Immediately start praising. I see people that don't worship, and I go up and I say something. Because I'm like, you're going to keep feeling like this until you open your mouth and say, God is good. I worship you. You are higher. You are stronger. Your ability, you know, you will never leave me. You will never forsake me. You went from the grave, you know, to the gardens. Right? When we start praising, then it starts, our spirit starts saying, yeah. That is who we are. Ain't nothing coming against me. We don't have to stay sad. We don't have to stay where it's like, I just feel bad and shame. If you feel shame, you should know immediately, recognize that, that you are in the enemy's camp. Because God said you are released from shame. Doesn't think that you'll make bad decisions. You make a bad decision, then you clean it up and make the right decision and say, get me back on my destiny, God, because if you can do it for David, you know, he had people killed. He was sleeping around. He, he was a whiner because he was a pretty boy, and then he ha got into a position, and people didn't like him, and pretty boys don't know how to deal with that. Everyone should like me, right? So he was like, oh, my kids are mean to me. But all he had to do, you know, sometimes he'd whine, and then he'd be like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Even in all this crazy, God, you are still God, and you're going to do it. I'm not saying you're not going to have a bad moment where you're like, I just can't take this anymore. I seem like everything's going wrong. And then you say, but you know what went right? You have an eternity in heaven. That's what went right. That's what went right for you. Today, every single morning you get up, you know what went right for you? You are in the kingdom. That's good. So when God comes knocking, you say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, what do you require of your servant today? How do you require your servant to act? How do you require your servant to respond? What do you require of your servant to do today? 
Yesterday, I was in a different camp, Lord. But I have a realization of that. My heart is repented. Now I say, what do you want me to do today, Lord? Don't stay in the past. Past is over. It's in the past. What are you going to do today? What is God requiring you to do? Do it, say it, live it, pray it, meditate on it. Sometimes he says really big things, and we got to meditate on it a while before we do it, right? <laughs> we know that Moses ran away to the wilderness, didn't he? He's like, maybe God can't find me here. <laughs> God's like, got a bush? One bush all I need in the desert. Isn't that funny? He just needed a moment to, to realize, okay, i got to get it together. You know, I can handle this. Get out of my comfort zone a little bit. That's why we've got to meditate on it. This is what God said about me. This is who God said I am. And I'm guilty of this. Sometimes I say things to people that I'm like, you're acting like this. Quit acting like that. And I probably shouldn't. It probably doesn't help the situation, does it? God just kind of convicted me on that in the moment, so I'm just sharing that with you guys because maybe you're experiencing that too. But you know what we can say? This is, this is who God says we are. And we, you can ask my kids. If I see pieces of they're there in the enemy's camp, I get real mad. <laughs> Don't I? I start being like, we're not going to believe like that. We're not going to live like that. It gets. And they're like, are you yelling at me? I'm, like, I'm not yelling at you. I'm not even talking to you right now. I am talking to the atmosphere, and it is going to get submitted back to the Lord. If I go in an atmosphere that doesn't have the Lord, better spread out, make some room, because he's coming in with me. I'm not going anywhere that he's not going. I'm not going to an atmosphere that says the enemy's allowed here. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to be uncomfortable. He's going to be uncomfortable. He should see me come and start packing his bags and be like, i got to get out of this space. I gotta get out of this house. I gotta get out of this town. I gotta get out of this state. I gotta get out of this country because they're coming for me. That's how it should be. It shouldn't be us going, where's that wine press? Can I get down in there? Can I hide a little bit? Don't don't want him to see me. He might pick on me. He is not that big. He is not powerful. He is not strong. He is not smart. He does not have wisdom. He does not have grace. You know, he doesn't have any of those things. So why would you want to go there? Why want to live there? Why do we let him control us? Right? He doesn't have anything good. Nothing good can come from there. Get in, the, get in God's courts with thanksgiving and praise. A bad things happen and say, okay, Lord, I got all this bad news, but these things you did for me today, thank you. Thank you. You're so good, God. You're so gracious. You're so kind. You gave me breath today, and I'm so thankful. You start praising, it starts changing the atmosphere. You start complaining, it also changes the atmosphere. I was just going to say that. I just pointed to you. You knew when to go. That's right. I come in complaining to work when I work with Sue, and she's like, oh, honey, you know if you complain, you remain. I'm like, why you got to say it so nice? And other times, she's like, you better get it together. I will spank you. I don't care that you're 35 years old. I'm not joking. She's like, we don't, we are not acting like the enemy. I don't care if you're a grown woman. I will take a broom, and I will whoop your butt. See, you think I'm hard? You, everyone's like, oh, Sue's so sweet. You know what? Bring the enemy's courts to her and see how sweet she is to you. Come on. I received that. I'm taking that one. You want it, you take it. That's right. That's how we should be. So I'm just going to finish with this. If you want to thrive, it's going to get a little uncomfortable. 
it's going to get a little uncomfortable. Maybe around people that, man, I really am feeling like a televangelist. I'm sweating here. I'm getting excited because you know what? Get a little uncomfortable. When we go to our job, guess what? None of us wake up and say, I just can't wait to work, you know, eight or ten hours straight and, you know, have taxes taken out of that and be away from my family all day. But we do it because we know there's value and that we will grow, we will get experience, that then we also have something to bless others. And we grow and we grow and, and things happen. John was just talking and he said he got a raise today. And I was like, when you go and, and you do that, you do get blessed. You show up. They know. You've been working there a long time, John, and one thing they know about you, you're going to show up, right? Yeah, you're a good worker. And you know what? God can walk just from him showing up. He can show God's character, God's atmosphere, just by showing up every day. I go to places all the time, and they're like, we can't even get people to come. They say they work in here, come in two days, and we're like, where you are the third day? They ain't Jesus. They didn't rise up. They didn't come again. You know? <laughs> that was a good joke. I just thought of it in my head. Matt's saying I'm done because he's getting, he's getting uncomfortable. You've been married to me a long time. If you have any problems, you take it to the Lord. I'm, I'm just crazy. <laughs> it will be eternity. <laughs> We're in the same kingdom. <laughs> but if you want to thrive, it's going to get a little uncomfortable. If you just need a hug, say, I just need a hug right now. I'll give you a hug. But if you come to me with with the enemy's complaints or things like that, I'm probably going to come at you like this, and it's going to be scary. People tell me I'm intense. Yeah, because when I notice the enemy in an atmosphere, I don't care if you're my husband. I don't, it's not coming there. Not going to allow. It's not going to continue. does not get to sit up residence, get his lazy boy in there, and think that that is where he's going to stay. I don't care. You know, you have to go in and, and actively rip down things in your house because you're just like, you know what? This just makes me mad when I see this painting. And I don't want anger to be there. Get rid of it. You know, all of these things. It doesn't, if it's a physical thing, get rid of it. You know, because anything to keep you in God's courts, because you know what? All blessing, all praise, all glory, all forgiveness, you know, all grace comes from there. You're not going to get that if you go and say, I want to be... I want to be like on the edge so like it looks like to everyone else that I love God because like at least I show up. I'm like, why would you just, we don't want just enough. I want everything. I like that. Matt said it's a waste of time. I mean, if you're going to go on to be in the enemy's courts, then go be in there because you're already getting everything bad from him. He's not going to be like, well, since you're only on the edge, I'm just going to give you a little bit of I'm going to go in, in God's courts, and I'm going to have wisdom over everything. I'm going to have favor. I'm going to have blessing. You know what? Even if I stand by myself, I know that God is with me. Even when I'm acting amok, I have to know, you know what, God? I'm being a little crazy right now, but you know what? I know what you said about me. You said I have a sound mind. You know what? You said I'm peaceful. You said the meek will inherit the earth. That's what I'm, all right, Lord, that's what you said about me. And I believe, believe God over everybody else. If that's the only thing you can take, believe God over everybody else. So if someone's like, you're stupid and ugly and I hate you, you go and say, oh, well, God didn't 
say that in his words, so sorry, you're a liar. You know what I mean? If God doesn't say in his word, then it's a lie. Bottom line. Easy. So let's pray.